All right, Bart Scott, are you feeling festive today? Um, I'm always festive. I'm always in a good mood. I actually just came back uh, from my 12th annual uh, Christmas party in Baltimore, Belmont Elementary. We had some fun there with the kids. was able to give them their presents and have some fun at Sky Zone in Timonium, Maryland. What's Sky Zone? Uh, Sky Zone is a trampoline park. So you go inside, like you got all the different trampolines. And yeah. The whole inside trampoline. It's, re- it's real huge out here, too. There's a bunch of them out here, too. You got to go to it. You got to check it out. And so how many, um, how many kids were impacted by this this year, your uh, your Christmas party? And, uh, well, 50. And you've been doing it for 12 years. So yep. let's talk about uh, Bart Scott, how, how you've been involved, especially down there in Maryland yeah. after uh, starting out with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, man. 57, let's see, I do 57 kids every year. Yep. What you provide for their Christmases or yeah, what? Yeah, I do for their uh, Christmas. Yeah. So what what they what we do is whatever they want for Christmas, um, it's the selected students. Whatever they want for Christmas, they uh, pick it out, and um, I have some shoppers that go out and get it, and we have fun that way. We go out and get it, and we give it to them. We have a, usually have some type of party, and then afterwards, uh, I usually give out three bikes, anywhere from three to five bikes. Um, that people, uh, that the kids that are selected by the teachers uh, pick out, I think, one in perfect attendance because to, 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 you have to first be there to be able to to learn. You have to show up. Showing up is half of it. Anybody can show up. doesn't take any talent. doesn't take any brain power to show up. So I do that. And it's been fun, man. I've been doing this for, for a while, and, and I've just kind of stuck to it. I always wanted to um, kind of be involved with, with the community, but I didn't want to, just because I left the community, one thing you can, last thing you want to do with kids is let them down. So how, said, how how old are the kids we're talking about here? Um, they're, they're elementary, so they're anywhere from... In the public schools in Baltimore? Public schools, yep, public schools. It's anywhere from 5 to 5th grade to like 11, right. 10, 11, yep. So it's, it's, it's a good thing, man. I, I really enjoy it. I have a good time with it. And um, they remind me what what this stuff is all about. So fifty seven kids, huh? Fifty seven. So they got to have good grades. Yep. They got to have attendance. Yep, got to show up. You let the teachers down there pick from uh, how many the, schools? How many? Uh, it's, just, it's just one school. It's one school. Yeah. I let the kids. I let the kids pick. How do you decide on the school? Well, I've been with the same school. Yeah. Yep. Twelve years. Yep. Same school. And that's what I'm saying. Like, when I made a commitment to him, I didn't want them to think, oh, he went to the Baltimore, uh, he left the Baltimore Ravens, he became New York Jets, he's going to forget about us, you know, he was just doing that while he was here. You know, because, you know, that's kids, kids have people come in and out of their life all the time. You know what I mean? I, I didn't want to be that person. Sky zone. So did Bart Scott get on the trampolines at all? Oh, absolutely. You know, so we were running around, running around, bouncing, having fun. Doing some things like that, you know, we had a good time. Belmont Elementary School in Baltimore City. And yeah, man. It's been seven years already since yeah, since I left. Yeah, since you left Baltimore, yeah, seven years. Why? Why is uh, Baltimore left such an imprint on well, your heart? I mean, it was just it was just where I started, you know, and it's where I became a professional. It's where I learned the game, um, and it was a kids in need, and that's what I learned about getting out in the community. Tuesday, we had to get out in the community, go somewhere, and do something. And um, everybody there is doing something, you know, whether it's Steve Smith, Tory Smith, whatever, you know, that organization really focuses on the community, you know, because there it's not like it's anything else there. It's just baseball and, and, and football. It's not basketball. It's not soccer. It's not 
celebrities all over the place. Do you find some sim similarities between where you grew up oh, and Detroit oh, and man. Baltimore? It's a small, it's a smaller Detroit, man. That's basically yeah? what it is. And it's in Powers. You know about the ri uh, the riots that they had um, not too uh, long ago, and you know, I just like it's weird. I've never, whenever I start something, I have to finish it, and I felt like it wasn't finished, so I never quit anything. So I made a promise to these kids, and I make sure that. It comes out of my checking account. Yeah, because I think it's more intimate that way, opposed to raising money to get it. It always comes out of my my, my account, so I can feel it as well. You know, so I can provide it for the kids. But I feel it when I get it. I feel like I personally did. I didn't get money from somebody else to do it. I did it myself. So it takes a village, though. But it, because you're up here, you got a full time job. Yeah, yeah, you're all over the place. Yeah, you're working for the Jets. You're at CBS. So yeah. uh, who helps you out get this thing going? Uh, Val Valerie Wilderman, who's the secretary at the um, the, the Ravens, she kind of helps everybody out. You want to find a player, you want to see where he's at, what he's doing, you know, you call Val. We all take care of Val. We love Val to death. Um, she not only does that, she does my Thanksgiving um, um, dinner. I do down there as well. She does Jamil. Jamil has a fee, 53 families, you know, um, Ed Reed still comes back and does his charity. Jonathan Alden comes back from Las Vegas to do his charity. Right. So, you know, everybody's invested in that community. Everybody has, like, a Raven still comes back. I know Ray still does his stuff. You know, so players leave, but they always come back during a certain time of the year to do it. Torrey Smith still does his. He's in San Francisco. Do you ever bring your kids back? I, actually, I did. I took him yesterday. Actually, my kids were sick. If you looked on that picture, my kids, that's my son in the background. Yeah? He was sucking helium, acting silly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what were the ages of your kids who were there in Baltimore? Well, all three of them. Yeah? Uh, three, eight, and 11. Yep. So they, you know, they had fun. What do you, so what do you tell them? Do you say anything about it to set up the stage before you go into well, the school? Well, they heard me, they heard me address the kids. Yeah. They heard me talk to the kids about the season of giving. And um, it's not always about you know, giving something materialistic, but sometimes it's about it. you give what you can. It's about, you know, loving each other, being nice to each other, you know, trying to um, give you, if you can't give, if you can't give money or you can't give a present, give your time. Um, be patient with your loved ones, your brothers, your sisters when you go home, you know, try and assist your parents and things like that, you know, and that's just try to instill in them the values of having humility, but yet taking pride in everything that you do. Now, your three-year-old, he's a baby, man. Yeah, he's he just going around hitting everybody. <laughs> so, so you're eight and eleven, like that's when Bart started making a little bit of money, especially your your eight-year-old. Well, they wouldn't remember those early days, but now that they're getting a little bit older, they're eight and eleven. Um, does it hit them a little bit? You think that uh, what these kids don't have, and maybe what you provided at home. Well, I don't. I don't think it, they really understand. They're starting to understand. That's my purpose of taking them down there to understand that for some kids, it may be the only time all year in which they get an opportunity to say, "Hey, I want this, this," yeah, and they get it. See, because what I didn't want is to go get a bunch of basketball, a bunch of random toys, and say, "Hey, pick a present," right? Because what happens is, you know, that's somebody giving you a toy, and you want to be appreciative of it. But what if you don't like that toy? Right. And you don't want to be selfish and say, I don't like it. You just kind of take what you get. But, you know, you get a kid a basketball, but he likes wrestling. 
It's like, what use is he going to get out of that? Yeah, it's a nice gesture, but uh, yeah, exactly. So I make sure that I get exactly, and they shut Toys R Us down for me, for my shoppers. For the 57 kids. No, the kids don't, they they never go. No, I know, but for the shoppers, they have 57 lists. Yeah, my shopper, and they get specifically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when they open up, they say, oh, this is just what I wanted, Mr. Scott. (laughs) Right. And that's, to me, that's, that's more fulfilling because... You know they're getting exactly what they want. So if they don't get another present, they got exactly they got exactly what they want, and it really doesn't matter. I don't ask them how much it costs. It's no limit, you know, for what it is. But if a kid asks for something that's like cheap or something twenty thirty dollars, then they can keep get they can get more. You know, they get more. So I think they make like three or four things that they want. And they get exactly what they want. And then, you know, if a kid gets something, some kid want a guitar. You know, I think some kid yesterday he wanted Matt in 2017, and he, one kid wanted an iPad or some type of Amazon iPad, whatever. I, it doesn't matter. Right. But it just makes me feel good that I can let them know that despite, especially now in this country, where it's such a, a, a big divide. And, you know, you got sexism, racism, uh you know. the, the the political climate is tough, you know, and I, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up. He's making a transition because I'm I was very frustrated this morning. I went into a large coffee establishment and I ordered the Christmas blend. That's what it said on the sign. It said did, Christmas did give you blend. Trump? What did it say? Now the person who was taking care of me, the employee, said. Why isn't it the holiday blend? Why isn't it the Kwanzaa blend? Oh, yeah. Why isn't it the Hanukkah blend? Yeah, I know. And I said, I'm reading the sign. It said Christmas blend. This is your establishment. So I was nice about it, whatever. Gave me the coffee. Yeah. And then she said at the end, after she gave me my coffee, she said, Happy Hanukkah. And I'm like, whoa. Really? Like, really? Like, where's your manager at? Let me talk to you first of all. What just happened here? Yeah, exactly. Because I think they took, in Starbucks, I think they took the Santa Claus off, right? I don't even know. Yeah, this was a couple, this has been brewing for a couple years. (laughs) Yeah? So they took, like, the Santa Claus off. Right. And just made it the red cup. Okay. Because they, some people were talking about offending others. Like, come on, man. Like, whether you believe in Christmas and what it means, like, we can't get so specific you know, with a holiday. If it's a holiday and and they're showing they want to put a, a, a jolly uh, white guy on the cup, who cares, man? <laughs> it's not about the, the, the person on the cup. It's what it's supposed to represent. It's supposed to represent the, 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 the season of giving, you know, sharing with each other, loving each other, being nice to each other. And it sounds to me like she was being sarcastic. Yeah, joy to the world, man. But, I mean, listen, you don't what are you have supposed to... supposed to say? Happy Kwanzaa right you, back? Yeah, you, know, you don't have to celebrate Christmas. That That's fine. I literally ordered a drink that said Christmas blend. Right. Was this a black person? No, no. Okay. It wasn't. <laughs> so if I went in, would she say Happy Kwanzaa? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Because that's an African version. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I just don't understand where we're at sometimes. Yeah, I mean, people, I was a young person, too, and I'm thinking to myself, people, why, people, why are you so mad? People feel like they can say whatever they want to now. What, what, what is everybody so mad about? I don't get it. Listen, if you don't like working at Starbucks, then do better. <laughs> like, what do you want? What do you want me to do? I didn't do. I didn't do anything. I was just flabbergasted. I almost tweeted it out, but then I thought, 
I thought that that would cause a stir on Twitter, so I didn't you, get you, into you, it. You might, you might need to just, you might need to just go up there and talk to our manager. Like, listen, that was very rude. Because <laughs> I can tell it's bothering you because you, you brought it all the way here. <laughs> it's it, like, like I'll be damned. I'm the customer. Yeah, well, I'm the customer. Me. I, I never. I listen. Marty Lyons always says this, and I think you have this similar approach, even though we've never talked about it. You always can change a person's day by just the way you talk to them and just by saying hello. And I'm not trying to go, all, oh, oh, this is the way everybody's got to be, but just just have some courtesy, man. Like, this is your job. You're in the customer service business. Right. Yeah. Like, you're here to serve people. Right. Do it with a smile. Do it with humility. Do it with dignity and pride. That's another thing with serving people, too, is that uh, you're probably really generous with tips. I even, if you get bad service at a restaurant, I'm always 20%. That's where I go. Mm-hmm. Um, at the hotel, when you leave, I always leave about five bucks or something like that because I don't think those people get paid a lot of money. I no, think uh, right. now, but I don't know how to do it. Now that I get a house, you're putting the garbage out to the curb. Back in the old days, you give tip. Yeah. Now, how does it work now? What are the rules? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's because I was like, do they get paid by? Are, are they get paid by their employer, or is that something that I'm supposed to do? I like tipping I, at the restaurants. Yeah, I like. It's, t- it's always amazing to me that people expect to get a tip for doing their job. Right. It's like me coming to the Jets and say, "Hey, man." <laughs> It's about Christmas time. Get a little extra bonus, a little kick in. Like yeah. I don't, I don't get. It. I don't understand. You know, I don't ask CBS. Hey, man, you know, it's Christmas. You know, what's up with the uh, the, po- the bonus package? But you know, sometimes it's amazing me that people expect, yeah, to to get a tip, right? Just because to give them a tip. Hotels are the worst, I think. Yeah. I oh, let me get that for you. No, no I, I don't want you to get you, that. Yeah, exactly, because, I got because that. it's going to cost me. Yeah. You're right. not getting it because you care, you want to actually help. You're right. getting it because you want to put your hand out. Yeah, right. Like, uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, speaking about uh, National Football League around the holiday time and things like that, is a lot of guys, I've been doing this now, what, this is my 17th NFL season, a lot of guys take care of the uh, equipment staffers. Were, 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 you, were you a guy who did I br- that? I, br- I, brought that, I brought that here. Oh, did you? I brought that here. I don't know if they still do it, but I don't. I don't know either. But th- I always thought that was a great gesture because those are guys. That's a, that's a tough man, job, man. That's the guy you beat up on. Vito, I need some <laughs> socks. Hurry up, Vito. You know what yeah. I mean? Gus, yeah. you know, and those are people that you know that take care of you. Like, right. That's the ultimate customer service, making sure your stuff is hung up right. right. You know, making sure you got the type of gloves that you want in your locker, yeah. making sure your shoes are right. You know, I, 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 I brought that here. That wasn't here. I brought that with the Ravens. I mean, and it wasn't. Would you go around collecting, uh, or would you just? Uh, we had to some... take. We we had a, We we used to have a sheet where you take it out and tell them how much you want to take out your check. Oh, really? Yeah. So you go one by one down the roster. Well, we you know, we put the sheets in your in your in your um, in your locker, and you fill it out. Yeah. Uh, but we've also done it with you know in Baltimore, we used to do it also with cash. Like yeah. those guys would be caked up, like because guys were putting up two grand, three grand. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, no doubt. Know, so Listen, we so got we like have a, we have a great equipment staff. Here. Yeah. Excellent, unbelievable. And, and, and Melanie and all those guys, yeah. man, you you sitting there, you hurting, you asking them for something, you calling them all kinds of nice. Yeah. Hey, can you call in script? Dog? We used to put like five. I used to, I used to go like. 500, I would go like a 1,000 to like the top guy. Then the guys that worked underneath him, 500. Wow. Like the guys, you know. But if there's some trainer in there that really didn't work with me, then I just get my guys. You know what I mean? So it might have right. been Josh or, yeah. or Zuff or somebody like that. Then I go to the trainer room, bam, there you go. Then I go, you know, and also like 
the 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 gift exchange with the coaches. Always get the yeah. Coach. Always get my position coach something. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, we what? all we always get stuff together. Would you? Would we used to pull money, get Bob hooked, Bob up. Bob getting hooked up. Bob Sutton. Bob was getting hooked up. Yeah. Yeah. You you guys love Bob. Love Bob. Still talked about talked to Bob like two week a week and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, the high flying Kansas City yep, Chiefs, yep, who are probably on the way to the playoffs again. Yeah, tremendous guy. Military buff. You ever talk military with that guy? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously he was an army. I mean, one time, one time, so well read. Guy's so intelligent. Yeah, one time he got me a, um, he got me one year a helicopter ride over the city. Did he really? Yeah, we got Bob watches. Bob, say, if I was on board, your gift gonna be good. We gonna make sure your gift wasn't no 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 raggedy gift. You got Bob. Did he take his wife over the, uh, no, no, the no, helicopter no. ride? No, no, he got me one. He did? Yeah. He bought me a helicopter ride in, uh, in the city and gave me a book on helicopters. He Damn, had me, Bob. He had, me one, he had me one year. Well, that's outstanding. Yep, and we got, we got Bob some nice watches, like all uh, kind of stuff. How do you like the ride, the helicopter ride over the city? It's cool, man. Yeah? Helicopter's kind of weird, though, man. It's like... Yeah. You feel like it's it, not smooth, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. They man. did that for Calvin Pace and his free agent visit way back in the day yeah, when he, he was leaving Arizona, and Calvin wasn't feeling it. Yeah, he didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's something we talked to Calvin about. Yeah, you, man, know, you better make sure you got one of these big, heavy ones. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I wonder, speaking of Pace, obviously uh, the Jets didn't re sign him in the offseason. The guy kept himself in good shape and things like that. I wonder what the next step is for him. You get a chance to talk to him still? I talked a to bit? Calvin a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, he didn't say what's next. I think he's just, you know, trying to figure out what's next. Living down in pro- Atlanta, taking care of his yeah, daughter. Yeah, that and, kind and, of deal? And, and that's a process, you yeah. know, figuring out what you want to do next. I ran to Shine Green into the mall in the mall yesterday. He's trying to do uh, real estate, some real estate with his uncle yeah. and stuff like that. No, it's all, you know, guys are still around. Guys are still doing well. You know, and I, I'm, I'm glad that guys are still doing well and they, they're trying to make a smooth transition to other things. Speaking of smooth transitions, what, what do you think about uh, Bilal Paul? Is he taking over... The Belkow duties here because Matt Forte dealing with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. He's tough, tough dude because I think he's uh, playing through a torn meniscus. He told yeah. reporters and he's there to spell Bilal. But wow, last couple of weeks, yeah, two well, nines been all over the field. Well, well, I think the I think Bilal's earned the right to. Uh, I think Bilal's earned the right to uh, be the guy. I think he's earned the right. To like his play on the field for the last couple of years, I think he's earned the right to be the lead back here. I mean, and that's not a knock on Matt Forte or anything. That's just a testament to what he's been able to do and how he's able to play even in the tough. Everybody knows he's getting the ball. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Still productive. And and what what impresses me about Bilal more than anything is his um, his blitz pickup, his pass protection. You know, his willingness to always square up, step in there, and take on whoever comes in. You know, and I, I figured that out when I first got here. When we used to go against guys, and, you know, guys kind of see me, didn't want to go, didn't know what I was going to do, and they would go against certain guys that they knew it was going to do a finesse move or something like that. Right. You know, or, you know, I used to have, like, this little chop club that they used to always worry about. <laughs> and, you know, he would sit there and then sit in there and take it, man. And, and that's the time. that was early. That was his rookie year. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of Bilal Powell. What do you like most about his physical skill set? You just talked about him as a blocker because that was his forte, no pun intended. Yeah. Early in his career was that, hey, this guy can always be on the field in third right. down situations because he is great in blitz pickup. Right. Now when you see him with the ball in his hands, why is he so effective so, either on the ground or as a receiver? So me, me watching him the last two years. Yeah. 
I've seen the player that I saw on his highlight tape from Louisville. So now I see that he's got it all figured out, that he's running, he's not thinking, he's reacting. You know, and, and, and it took him a couple years because his first couple of years he, he didn't run and hit the holes. It seemed like he was like cruising. It seemed like he wasn't going all out. But now you can see like the, the progression, him understanding the defensive fronts, understanding where the holes are going to be thinking two, two moves ahead, setting up his blocks before he just hit the hole that he's supposed to hit. And that comes with time. And sometimes it takes longer for others than it, than it, than it does, you know, to take some longer than others. And I can tell that he's at that point it, where... It's amazing, though. It's his sixth season. Yeah. But he has so much tread on his tires because yeah. he's never been the guy. The guy. And you can tell because, you know, it's a, it's a point when you're an athlete where you, it's all athleticism. Then the mind catches up to the body, and I can tell he's at the point where his mind has caught up with his body, so they can work in, in sync with each other, opposed to his body doing something his mind's not processing it fast enough. Do you like his attitude? Because uh, I think he's kind of got like, nothing, man. You know, I think he's got like about his business. Well, that's the thing. I think he, you know, how some offensive players. I'm not naming any names. I was always drawn to the defensive guys because you guys are a little bit different. This is no knocking offensive guys, but... Different personality, temperament. D- different personality, temperament. Now, Bilal's not a guy who wants any media coverage. He could be fine. Just, I've never really seen him talk to no, me. No, he, he, that's not his deal. But, with that being said, he's got to be beloved in the locker room because he never out there saying, man... Yeah. I, I need a ball more. Or look at what See, I man, do when I have the ball. Man, he just show up. He's not a self-promoter, man. He just yeah. up, comes up, does his job, do whatever you ask him to do, and he don't complain about it. I've never seen him complain. I've never heard him complain. You know, but people don't realize he's still a, he's still a, he's he's more talkative when you get into a circle when yeah. when you earn his trust and you may realize. Yeah. But he's a soft-spoken, quiet guy. Right. Yeah, he, he doesn't really want – and some guys just don't want that. They don't want the, the microphones, cameras, and whatever. It's but about his business. He, he, you have to be a comfortable individual. you got to be comfortable in your skin. He is a businessman, and, uh, wow, he's been so much fun to watch over the last couple of weeks. And why is he so str- – in your mind – does he have, like, old man strength? I'm not taking away from anything he does in the offseason. Yeah, because his body, body doesn't look – you yeah. look at him physically, he's, yeah. Like, yeah. he's not ripped up. He's like a soft, like, type of body type, you it, know, kind of like Carmelo. I don't know, man. So it's more about positioning, and it's, and it's about willingness. Yeah. And want to, and I think he wants to. I don't think he's afraid of anything. And he's not afraid to stick his head in there and, and do what he got to do. I talked to him in the summer. He said, what I like to do uh, before the season, I say, go down to Louisville. Because he loves it down there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of hills. So he does a lot of... Oh, yeah. A, a lot of do it. I'm a hill guy, too. Oh, yeah? So he does a lot of hill I built one in the back. I built, built one in my backyard. Did you really? Yeah. What happens, man, you got to learn how to run low yeah. and at a certain position. Yeah. You know, to be able to run. Because you can't stand straight up if you run up a hill. So... He runs like he runs up a hill. When you look at him, like when you saw him drive that guy on the tape that we did for for the show. Yeah, Jets flight plan, CBS, eleven thirty a.m. Before yeah. NFL today, noon yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday, yeah, yeah, Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice plug. You know, every once in a while, you know, we're in there doing our production meeting, and I'll see myself. Oh, really? I saw myself a couple of times they having on there. But and the boys giving you a holler or what? Yeah, they, man, they don't know. They man, they be so busy. You should put a camera in there. That's what that that would be the real show. Yeah, what you talk about in there. So when guys got their hair down, they talking. Oh, Oh, right. sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. The stories you hear in that thing. So you had an old Jim Brown Hill in the backyard. No, not, absolutely. Not, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, not, you not know, it's Walter Payton. Walter Payton, yeah. Absolutely. I, abs- I absolutely do. I built it. You know what I mean? I built it. It, it. 
it depends on what part you want to start on. But if you start all, all the way from the bottom, it, it's about 80 yards. But do you train at your place? Yeah. you got to get out of the house to train, no, don't you? I, no, no. I used to have, I used to have my you – know, it was, it was, whenever we finally broke camp, then we broke the, – we brought, like, you would see maybe 20, 25 professional athletes train at my house. Really? Yeah. Boxing up the hill, train up the hill. I got uh, I, I built a sand pit. I got to I got to attack pit. this hill. Yeah, yeah, it's it's real. Backpedal up the hill, box up the hill, resistance bands up the hill, uh, running through cones. Right, I'm then coming I, over. Uh, yeah. Bernard Hopkins, 51 oh, years old, got knocked out. He got no, he got mean, pushed. He got according to him, he got pushed. I, I don't mean to laugh. Uh, I know B Hop's my friend, man. No, I'm not trying oh, to you, laugh. Oh, you're friends with B Hop? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You want so, me to call him? Uh, <laughs> you don't have to. An illustrious career. I can't even believe a guy's boxing at 51, but uh, a Long Islander by the name of Joe. N- by the name of Joe Smith. All, 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 you can't all, make all, this stuff all, up. Are all, all like Long Island guys named Joe? <laughs> Joe Smith. Um, but Joe had just came off an impressive. Oh yeah, before. I want Joe. Joe's very limited though. He he doesn't have any boxing skills. He didn't set up a jab. You know, Joe with all that power yeah. needs to get a new trainer, somebody that can teach him. You know, how to set it like up. Buddy McGird or you know one. Of the, he needs to get one of these good trainers to uh, help him make the next step. How about, take the next step. How about Teddy Atlas? But what do you what do you think about Bernard just? Boxing until he's 51. That is just... Man, for you box at 50, look good. But what happens is he had a long layoff and, you know, just like a season, right? People are like, man, how can this guy... He, he, he looks like a different player, right? Yeah. But you, if you realize he just finished playing in January and in September, you're saying he's done. Right. So there's not a whole year. Oh, you see no. what I'm saying? Yeah, so, like, it's, it's weird because yeah. one guy can be look like trash. Like, man, he aged so fast. Like, man, that was only eight months ago where he was just... Wowing us, but it happens that fast, man. In the boxing, I can imagine it only happens happens even faster when you lose your punch. And he never was a big puncher. No, he wasn't. So it's not like George Foreman. George Foreman, last thing he lost was punch, and he had to make sure he had he had the speed to get it there. And he caught more. He baited to him with a punch. He he was standing right there for because he thought he could knock Big George out. Um, Hopkins. I mean, just so, amazing. Second, after second, after September yeah. 11, two thousand one, he fought. Um, Felix Trinidad at the Garden. Yeah, beat the hell out of him. Oh, my God. And, you know, he he knocked out. Pavlik was the most impressive one because Pavlik was, the ghost was the man at that time. Yeah, yeah. Then, hey, listen, I know Oscar. Knocked De La Hoya, hit him in the ribs. But Oscar was still, he still was older than Oscar, so we can't give Oscar, not like he's fighting old guys. He was the old guy. That was a liver shot, man. Yeah. I remember seeing that replay. I got what it it takes to get up. No, you don't. He he couldn't move, man. He couldn't move. Paralyzed him. One of the dirtiest guys in the game. And I quote Bernard all the time. He always tells me, um, was, 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 was made last longer than was born. Yeah. And I always say Roy Jones was made, I mean, was born because he had all the natural skills. Super freak athlete. Yeah, yeah, but when that eroded because he wasn't made, right. it couldn't last as long as B-Hop because when they fought and, and Roy beat Bernard Hopkins, we would have thought Roy Jones would be considered the greater fighter. Right. I think now, without a caution, a shadow of a doubt, people consider Bernard Hopkins a greater boxer or fighter oh, no doubt. than Roy Jones. You know, Roy Jones was special. Like he, he was. more than special, he was he was unbelievable. Yes, but 
you know, he didn't run the race long enough. What is made lasts longer than what is born. That is tremendous advice from B-Hop. I, I mean, bottom line, it doesn't take anything away from his career. Yeah, you I mean, know, my thing everybody, is, every great go out like that. My, my, Joe my, Lewis went out like that. Muhammad what, Ali went out like that. Uh, Larry Holmes went out like that. Larry Holmes. I mean, Muhammad Ali. Uh, Shane Mosley went out like that. Yeah. So all these guys, you know, my whole thing is it usually doesn't end well for anybody. For anybody. Listen, he pushed Preston's luck because after Gene Pascal, he beat, he had that great fight and beat that young yeah. champion, yeah. you know, you know, top two contender in his division. Yeah. You know, he beat him. He should have just dropped the mic and left. But now he won the fight. He started with Pavlik. And we, we, we've seen this before because remember with Roy Jones, it started with Tarver. Tarver caught him. He got caught and knocked out. And then, then, he tried, then, then he fought Glenn Johnson and got got knocked out with his with his foot stuck in the air. <laughs> and then yeah. he still fight. He just fought like maybe a, a, a couple of years ago. And you know he don't need it because he trained fighting. I actually like Roy Jones as a commentator. I just yeah. Feel, sometimes I, he's slow. Sometimes you like. But 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 I feel bad for these guys who get put to sleep because. That's the thing with Roy Jones. He's been put to sleep yeah. a number of times. Yeah. You got, it's not like once, he's once, once you go to sleep once, it's easy to go to sleep again. Oh man! But uh, yeah, so that, that's a little boxing minute for that. So for the Jets uh, against the Patriots Christmas Eve, we talked about Bilal, his rise. What do you want to see from Petty this week? He's got two more starts as he tries to put his name into the equation for the starting quarterback job here in 2017. He wants to be part of that conversation. What do you want What do you want to see from him? We just want to see continued growth, understanding what defenses are doing to him. You want to see him have control of the line of scrimmage, see him be able to check out of bad plays. You want to see him throw the ball on time in rhythm. You want to see him try and find some chemistry with Marshall. And instead of missing some of these throws, making some of these throws. Why isn't the chemistry there with Marshall? I think because, like, why is it there with Anderson? Because little more he, reps? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like not understanding tendencies, body language. You know, in football, it's all about the nonverbal communication. He said he's seen the field better. Can you, can you see that when you're watching? It's first, but come on. Like, it's going to be like that. It's going to be up and down. Yeah. He's in the middle of the, of the year. Everything's not suited exactly to what he's capable of doing. They, they weren't really able to kind of start him slow. When you get in at the end like this, you still got to try it. You got more to package in, and when if it was early in the season, you're building him up through the preseason. So he has to work with that. He's got to take something away from uh, from the way he started again against Miami. They went down the field and scored. The previous week, he said he was nervous before uh, the 49ers game. He said it was uh, getting to me a little bit just because he was so excited, probably had anticipation. But yeah. he came out. And he took a step forward just by coming out, leaning them down the field, and connecting with Robbie Anderson in that 40-yard touchdown. Where the game kind of changed early was that first turnover, the strip sack, because the Jets weren't scoring ter- territory again there in that second possession. That's a big thing. You know you can't do this this week, right. Saturday, against the Patriots. You can't turn the football over. You'll have no chance because right. they thrive more than any team in the league on capitalizing your mistakes. Yeah, turnovers. And they're going to they're gonna drop eight and make them fine. They're going to put pressure on them, mix it up, and make him have to find an open guy. And that's the hardest thing for a young guy because all he wants to take is his check down. If you go check down negative play, it's going to be incumbent that the, that the offensive line make sure they don't get any procedure penalties because you can't put a young guy like that behind the sticks because the Patriots are going to give you the 5-yard, the 4-yard, but they're not going to give you the big stuff. But Belichick is always known for taking away your top option. So with Bryce right now, his top option is the speedster Robbie Anderson yep. and also – now you're seeing what, as we talked about before, what Paul could do. How, how do you how do you think he'll approach? It's a, it's a, it always starts with being able to take away Brandon Marshall. You have yeah. to take away the 
the best the best um, guy that they have. You know, what I mean, you have to t- do that first. So there'll be clearly a safety over the top. Uh, it'd be two safeties. It's two safeties, and they're going to see if you can run the ball. And what they're probably going to do is probably run blitz early in the in the, in the down, understanding that you're going to usually hand the ball off and then try and get in the manageable second down because you don't want to get the third and long. So you know they're going to have to throw a little bit on first down just to to, to keep them honest to lighten the box. Right. Uh, what kind of advice would you give the young guys uh, who are playing their second ball game against the Patriots? Guys like Darren Lee. Well, we you had that great them. film breakdown. Right. Fourth so, and he, fourth. So, so, so he should have learned by that. Yeah. Because the Patriots don't change; they just execute. Yeah. You know, so he's going to see that same thing. They're going to try and make sure that he's made the correction. And when that play presents itself, he's going to have to make sure and show that he's, you know, he has some growth. That he's You're changed. seeing Deion Lewis become more of a force for them again, which is no surprise. I mean, that was always, yeah, they were waiting for him to come from yeah. injury. And then uh, Jordan Jenkins had his first uh, career full sack last week, and I think he's doing some good things at outside linebacker. He's a rookie. And then we broke down Justin Burris as well. No, for- Justin Burris is going to get some work because yeah? Mitchell's going to go deep. Oh, really? Yeah, that speech, and who knows if they're going to have Floyd up. They have Floyd up. That's going to be tough. You think they'll try to go get Hogan on Burst then? I mean, they, they, got, they, got a, they got a host of people. Yeah. I mean, if Floyd is eligible, I know he was down last week. Right. Floyd is a number one on anybody's team. So uh, Christmas Eve, and then uh, finally uh, Christmas plans after uh, NFL Today wraps up. Uh, uh, you guys back. staying in the city, you're coming back No, here. I'm coming back. You know, the kids got to see the tree, dogs, and all that stuff. all right we'll be back next week for our final show of 2016